Good evening, everyone. Regular meeting of January 12, 2021. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. I see Councilor Bears. I didn't. I didn't hear Councilor Bears. Uh, Councilor Bears is present. Uh, he's he, he's muted, but he's present. He's indicated he's present. Councilor Falco. Present. Vice President Knight. Present. Councilor Marks. Present. Councilor Morell. Councilor Morell is present. Uh, we appear to be having some audio issues, but Councilor Morell is present. Councilor Scarpelli. Present. President Caraviello. Present. Please rise and salute the flag. The Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. No signal. We are. They're off. Everybody's off. Okay. Pursuant to Governor Baker's March, 2000, March 12, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law, Chapter 38, Section 18, and the Governor's March 15, uh, 2020 order imposing strict limitation on the number of people that may gather in one place. This meeting of the Memphis City Council will be, will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible, specific information, and general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and or parties with the right and or requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Method website at www.method.org. For, for, for this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch live may do so by accessing the meeting contained in the link herein. No person in attendance or members of the public will be permitted, but every, every effort will be made to ensure that the public can accurately access the proceedings in real time via techn technological means. In the event, that we, we are unable to do so despite best efforts we will post on the city of Metro or the, me, of Metro, or the media community media's website an audio or video recording transcript a rather comprehensive record of the proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting okay motions orders and resolutions 21013 offered by Councilor Morell be a resolved that the method that the City Council requests an update from the Administration on any engagement with the City of Somerville regarding traffic mitigation and potential parking issues relative to proposed marijuana dispensary in Ball Square. Councilor Morell. Okay. Councilor Morell? Yes. Can you hear me now? Uh, hey, success. Councilor Morell. Great. Thank you, Mr. President, and thank you all for bearing with me. Um, so this is a pretty straightforward resolution. Um, as has come to the attention of many of us, there is a marijuana dispensary seeking to locate in the Ball Square neighborhood in Somerville, um, which, you know, that is for the city of Somerville to work out. But of course, Ball Square is densely populated and part of it lies in the city of Medford. Um, and there's also increasing interest in the area in general uh, due to the uh, expected Green Line extension station that's going to be there. So. I want to thank uh, Jim Silva from Smarto and, and many other things for doing a great job leading some fact-finding information on the plans for the dispensary and any plans they have um, for parking and traffic mitigation plans. And I know Todd Blake, 
the city uh, traffic engineer has also been looped in. Um, but I do know that some of these parking plans uh, reference parking lots that are on the city of Medford in the city of Medford. Um, and again, regardless of the size of the parking lot, the size of the dispensary, it is going to, um, if approved, increase traffic um, in this area in Medford. So I'm just seeking that the administration provide an update to the council as far as any work that has been done to be in touch with the city of Somerville administration uh, and see if there's any um, kind of updates on the mitigation plans and anything that we can advocate for on our side. Um, so I move approval and I don't know if the chief of staff has anything um, he can, I see him on the phone. I don't know if he has anything he can add at this time, uh, but I move approval. Uh, the motion by Councilor Morell. Mr. President. Councilor Scarpelli. Thank you. Um, I did, uh, after reading this resolution, I did contact uh, representatives from Somerville, talk to the director of OCD, and uh, it was very enlightening. Um, there is, in the, right now, the, the only um, parking that is relegated to these uh, dispensaries are only off on street parking. So there really isn't any designated parking and they don't feel the need that there will be for the fact that they look like they'll be having nine host agreements, nine. So they're looking at their philosophies. The dispensaries are gonna be looked at as a neighborhood package store in the same sense that um, residents will have the opportunity to visit uh, it's a small mom and pop type establishments they're looking at that's economic, uh, economically empowered for uh, local residents. Um, mom and pop storefront um, and spread out throughout their community. Uh, they really, like they, like uh, the, 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 the big piece is that they're looking that, you're looking out probably about six months uh, minimal before they start uh, seeing uh, these shops open so I think we have some time but from what I gather there isn't much um, there isn't much uh, input on um, parking lots or anything like that they expect that uh, it will not be they do not envision what happened in Brookline with the overcrowding in the uh, neighboring areas being over over impacted but it's something that they were very open for uh, future discussions with the council, making sure that uh, they take um, the residents of South Medford uh, and keeping them informed if they do see some changes. And I really appreciate them uh, answering a lot of questions for me. I think that, because uh, it, is, it is a worry if you're looking at what happened in Brookline when that first opened and um, you know what it, what it brings to that neighborhood. And then again, the biggest, uh, the biggest um, solution to this is let's open our um, our recreational uh, shops here in Medford, and our residents will be uh, hopefully going to uh, do their business in our districts and the districts that we uh, relegated for business. So again, I thank them and uh, hope that helps any resident in South Medford that uh, has some questions with. Uh, their concerns. So, thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Council Scott Pelley. Any uh, further discussion? On the motion by Council Morell, seconded by. Second. Seconded by Council Falco. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Council Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. 
Councilor Marks? Yes. Councilor Morrell? Yes. Councilor Scarpelli? Yes. President Caraviello? Yes. Seven in the affirmative. Motion passes. 21014, offered by Vice, Pres Vice President Knight, Councilor Marks, and Councilor Scarpelli. Be it resolved that the Memphis City Council requests an update from Hallmark Health, Circle Health, relative to the Lawrence Memorial Hospital site. Councilor Knight. Um, Mr. President, thank you very much. Um, during the process of transition from the Lawrence Memorial Hospital to the Ambulatory Surgical Care Center that um, we're presently working with, uh, this council um, initiated a series of meetings uh, where Hallmark Health would have the opportunity, or Circle Health would have the opportunity to come down and uh, present to us um, where they are in the stages of the plan, what the uh, neighborhood mitigation uh, plans have been, and so forth. Um, and I think it's time that we bring these meetings back to uh, the forefront, Mr. President. Um, we've seen uh, construction at the hospital go fairly well. Um, some signage has been erected. Uh, we've seen some shovels in the ground, some construction equipment, uh, and some mitigation uh, issues arise uh, that we've been able to uh, take care of uh, concerning uh, fences and pathways and the like. Um, but I think it's important, Mr. President, that as we near um, the finish line that um, we begin the dialogue and the engagement once again. So I ask uh, that my council colleagues support this measure and move for approval. Thank you, Mr. Vice President. Uh, Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, and I want to thank my colleagues, Vice President um, Knight and Councilor Scarpelli, uh, for putting this on the agenda. Uh, do we have a representative uh, from? Uh, we do not, um, Councilor Marks. Uh, Ryan Ford did send me a letter asking me, asking me to read it into the record. Uh, and he will be welcome if, if, if you want him to come next week. He'll come next week. But uh, I do have a rec uh, letter to read it to the record. If you allow me to read it now, or you want me to wait till the end? If you well, can wait well, till the, if you can wait after the 2016 right resolution, if you can, Mr. President. Okay. Right, because I, I think their letter refers to item 21-016. Okay. Uh, not this paper, but I was curious, Mr. President, because uh, as Council uh, Vice President uh, Knight adequately stated that. Uh, there has been a lot of change at Lawrence Memorial. Um, the parking lot, <laughs> the structure itself, uh, signage. Uh, however, Mr. President, um, uh, when they do come up before the council, uh, I would hope they can answer a few questions. I received uh, two calls from uh, community uh, advisory group members, which is the CAG group, and that was established to get uh, director butters and area residents. Uh, to give input to the hospital during this entire process. And it's my understanding from talking to a few of the CAG members that, um, uh, you know, it started out uh, pretty good and uh, the input was there from area residents uh, in this CAG committee. And then slowly but surely it started to dissipate and uh, some of the members feel that they're not involved uh, or at least uh, advised on what's happening uh, and the latest and greatest updates, and uh, they have some concern, Mr. President. Uh, also, this council voted unanimously on a couple of conditions uh, just recently, and one of them was the uh, ice box that's um, on the top of the building. And um, it was stated at the time that uh, due to, I guess, uh, the fire department's request, that that ice box couldn't be contained with an outer wall and so forth. And I'm not disputing that. Um, that is a, a fire safety concern and uh, that was raised. However, uh, the CAG was under the impression that, that uh, the box itself would be um, uh, 
uh, a different uh, aesthetically pleasing exterior would be put on uh, the surrounding of this box. And I do agree, when you go out, I, I, it does stick out. I know they try to do some painting and so forth, but the box definitely sticks out and is not aesthetically pleasing to the neighborhood. So uh, I would ask once again, Mr. President, when they come up, that uh, that issue of the icebox be revisited um, uh, on behalf of not the, just this council, but the members of the CAG who have asked repeatedly that something be done uh, with that, Mr. President. There was also some concern about construction materials uh, that are left in the parking lot, uh, including uh, heavy equipment that's been in the parking lot. And if that equipment is no longer being utilized and if the materials are no longer being utilized, residents would ask that um, that construction equipment and materials uh, be moved in the interest of public safety. Uh, so I would just ask Mr. President when they do come before us that uh, they open the lines of communication with the CAG group who is the eyes and ears of the community and this council. And if they feel slighted, Mr. President, that doesn't speak well for what's taking place and uh, the oversight that uh, the neighborhood and Director Butters should have regarding this entire process. So I just want to put that out there, Mr. President. Uh, the facility does, in my opinion, uh, I'm very pleased with how it generally looks. Um, the configuration of the lot, uh, I think, will be workable. Uh, some of the signage that has been put out there, I think, will assist with uh, safety concerns. Uh, the other issue that was not addressed, Mr. President, is the issue that was brought up by many, many members of this council was uh, the ADA access. And I know we requested that our ADA monitor in the city review ADA access within that facility and that a study be done. And I would ask that part of this paper, if uh, my colleagues would indulge me, uh, that we send this back to the city administration uh, because that was a condition that was laid on the approval of uh, the ambulatory care center. So I would ask that uh, that um, ADA access, um, an update on that report, Mr. Update President. Update on ADA access? Thank you. And yeah, uh, all, and uh, are all those amendments? Well, I'd like to get an update, yes. I'd like okay. to get an update and on we'll, the uh, would you like I, to request that Ryan Fuller come to next week's meeting also? I, I think that's what Council Knight has requested, okay. so I, I would okay. Uh, um, okay. agree with that. Uh, but I, I want to make sure, Mr. President, that they have a week to discuss the issues of the lack of communication, the icebox, and the equipment that's on the, the lot, um, as well as the ADA uh, issues that were brought up during the conditions approval. Yes, thank Council Marks. Council Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Again, thank you, Vice President uh, Knight and Council Marks. I think this is something that uh, the three of us have been getting phone calls. Um, I won't. I won't. Uh, I won't repeat what my fellow colleagues have mentioned because these are the same concerns that uh, residents have shared with me. But here we are. Um, we started a little slow, and then we rallied around the community and with the leadership team and it really picked up the the transparency was there the big word and everybody was involved and here we are on the one foot line and ready to close close up and here we go with another uh some more concerns and i think this is you know you, you your first impressions are important but you also want to make sure that that last taste is uh something that's just as important because 
um, that's the final product that's left in the neighbor's lap. So I think it's important that we follow through with these initiatives and resolutions and these amendments that we'll put through. And I hope that, uh, and I think they will, they've been very resp uh, responsible with that, that um, the, um, the organization comes back with their team with some good results for next week's meeting. So thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor Scott Bailey. Councilor Falco. Thank you, Mr. President. I want to also thank my colleagues for bringing this uh, resolution forward. Um, this is a, a project, uh, like Councilor Scott Pelley said, it started off a little bit rough, uh, but I think once we got going and we had a ton of community involvement, and that was the key, uh, we all worked together, and we had, we had meetings every month with the hospital, and uh, it is long overdue that we do have a meeting with them as well to bring us up to date on everything that's going on timelines on uh, various pieces of this project because you know there is some most of it's done but there's still more work that needs to be done in the parent the parent the uh, the neighbors should be notified with regard to those timelines and uh, the hospital should be available uh, to answer any questions that the uh, that the um, members of the community uh, in the neighbors have um, so if uh, my colleagues uh, call, uh, council colleagues would in mind if I could amend this also to um, to, if we could have a robocall go out to uh, the uh, the residents in that neighborhood, I believe that's what we did in the uh, past uh, Clark Hernabees. Uh, we should be consistent. We, we always invited uh, the residents to this meeting, um, and there was tons of resident participation, especially when we had residents here in the chambers. But they should be, uh, people should be, um, you know, notified of this meeting. Um, like uh, we were saying, uh, we haven't heard from the hospital in a while, and uh, residents should be, uh, there to ask questions uh, with regard to the progress of this particular project. And if I may, uh, if I may offer a B paper as well, if we could uh, uh, get some sort of an update from uh, from this group with regard to the Malden Hospital as well. I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Malden Hospital. If we could get an update with regard to the Malden Hospital. Okay. Well. Yep. And that, I'd offer that in, as a B paper. On a B paper. Second, Mr. President. Okay. Councilor Baez, did you want to speak? Just I'm seconding uh, okay. Councilor Falco's speech. Okay, so on the motion by uh, Vice President Knight, as amended by uh, Councilor Marx, and uh, is also amended by Councilor Falco, and, and we have a B paper by uh, Councilor Falco. So we're going to vote on the B paper first. So on the B paper, as uh, proposed by Councilor Falco, seconded by Councilor Baez. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. On the B paper. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes. 7-0. Motion passes. On the original paper, uh, offered by Vice President Knight, as, as amended by Councilor Marks and Councilor Fal uh, Falco, uh, second and by. Second. Seconded by uh, Councilor Falco. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. On the main paper as amended. Council Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes. Seven the affirmative motion passes. I will uh, 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 reach out to Ryan Fuller tomorrow and request that uh, he be at the meeting uh, with, with and with, with all the uh, information requested here. Thank you. <coughs> to, 
21015, offered by Council Marks, be it resolved that the City Council receive an update on the, on the most recent site visit and Council recommendations at Fulton Spring Road and Murray Hill Road neighborhood regarding speeding and cut-through traffic as well as pedestrian safety. Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, paper 20-625 was offered by myself uh, several weeks back. Uh, it was regarding to, uh, having an on-site committee the whole meeting at uh, Fulton Spring Road, um, which we did on Saturday, November 21st at 11 a.m. Uh, every member of the council was present along with uh, the mayor, uh, DPW commissioner, and uh, traffic commissioner, I mean the uh, traffic engineer, and the city engineer, as well as a number of residents, Mr. President. And there were a number of issues discussed. The council offered a number of recommendations uh, be sent to the traffic commission and the city administration, of which uh, some were done pretty quickly. Uh, there was uh, striping done at some of the intersections uh, just recently at the top of Vista Ave, uh, where there was concern about uh, a rotary at the top of Vista Ave. Uh, that was highlighted by some markings and signage. Um, so there were some uh, uh, positive moves made uh, uh, from this meeting that we had. However, Mr. President, uh, there was also a recommendation made by myself that uh, we reconvene two weeks after the November 21st meeting. And uh, we have yet to meet. I understand it was Christmas and New Year's and it was a very difficult time to get together. However, I wanted to make sure that uh, we did not drop the ball on this. And that's why I'm offering it tonight that uh, we find out where we stand on a number of the recommendations that were made, Mr. President. One in particular, uh, which residents keep calling me on is the fact that uh, one of the recommendations that was made was put forth by myself and uh, offered by myself and a resident, Mr. Bailey. Um, we asked, and it was approved by this council, that we uh, erect limit access signs at Fells Ave, Murray Hill Road, Fulton Spring Road, Terrace Road, and Grover Road uh, in the morning and afternoon uh, peak hours in both directions. And that was a key uh, point, Mr. President. Uh, it was great that we were able to put some signage up and we were able to paint some markings and some crosswalks. However, the issue that I'm hearing still from residents is the speeding cut through traffic. If you were to rate it on a scale of uh, one to 10, to me, that issue is the 10. That, that is the most important issue that I'm hearing from residents in the area, um, that the speeding cut through traffic is of utmost concern. So I ask once again, Mr. President, and this was voted unanimously by uh, the Method City Council at that um, uh, Committee of the Whole on the 21st, that once again, we direct this back to the city and to um, uh, the Traffic Commission, requesting that resident-only limit access signs be placed at Fells Ave, Murray Hill Road, Fulton Spring Road, Terrace Road, and Grover Road in the interest of public safety uh, during peak morning and afternoon uh, hours in both directions. Um, and uh, this is not a first. This has been done in many sections of the community. Um, enforcement is very uh, important as well. You can put up all the signage, 
but it's important that uh, we also ask that increased enf uh, enforcement coupled with these signs take place in that area to help ease concerns. Uh, I just want to read off a few, Mr. President. I went through the committee report, and you know it's been a month and a half now, but I think it's important to remember what's being done currently with some of the striping and signage and what the request was of residents. And because all too often we bring things up and they get forgotten about. And I, I want to make sure that uh, this council, and I know we will, stay on top of this. So um, speeding and uh, consistent um, police presence uh, with cut through traffic was a concern that was raised over and over again according to um, the re committee report. Um, that we suppress certain streets from the Waze app. And uh, I believe it was mentioned by the um, traffic engineer, uh, Todd Blake, that they only do it regarding construction purposes. And I, I, I'd like to get more involved and see what we can do, because uh, this is clearly not a construction purpose. This is a public safety purpose. And I think that would trump construction work, uh, you know, uh, with Waze. So I'm not quite sure why uh, public safety would take a back seat. Um, so I, I, I think we need that looked at again. Uh, difficulty getting out of the driveways. I think if we are able to stop this cut through traffic, I think that'll solve some <coughs> of the concerns with residents getting out of their driveway. I don't have to tell uh, Councilor Falco about that. <laughs> he deals with it on a daily basis. Uh, the radar feedback signs uh, installed in the neighborhood uh, uh, residents were looking for additional radar feedback signs. Uh, as I mentioned, more police presence, concerns on parking on the sidewalks, and that still takes place up in many sections of the city, in particular in the Heights because of some of the narrow streets and so forth. There's a lot of sidewalk parking, which poses a concern for residents that may have to go into the street, um, and that's a public safety concern, Mr. President. Uh, stop signs at Rockland Road and Fells Ave. I know there were a number of residents there that uh, were pushing that, Mr. President. And the confusion about the rotary at the top of Vista Ave, uh, from what I hear, has now been somewhat resolved with additional markings and a sign that was put at that rotary uh, to better define the area. Um, and I want to thank the DPW and Todd Blake for moving forward on that. So I would hope, Mr. President, that uh, this council stays on top of this issue and that we receive uh, through my motion tonight requesting that the traffic commission and uh, the city administration look at the limited access signs on the roads that I mentioned already, that we stay on top of this very important issue. Mr. Mr. Marks, is that an amendment for those signs? It, it is, Mr. President. Okay. Thank you. Mr. Clerk, do you have that? Uh, Councilor Falco. Thank you, President Caviello. Uh, thank you, Councilor Marks, for bringing this resolution forward. Um, this is before. <coughs> When uh, Councilor, President Caviello and I were going back and forth with regard to um, issues or meetings that need to be scheduled in January, I sent him a list of meetings that kind of were related to last year. And I said, you know, this, in one of these actually, this was part of the email that I sent to uh, President Caviello saying, we need to make sure we uh, stay on top of this and schedule meetings. So Thank you. Uh, I, would, Thank you. I would hope that that's uh, be go going to be coming up soon. Um, I, as uh, someone who li lives in that neighborhood, have noticed uh, they have made some improvements. Uh, there has been some striping that has been done. 
signs that have been added, um, but of course there's more work to be done. Um, you know, so it will be uh, interesting uh, to get an update from the administration with regard to short-term and long-term solutions, what's been done, what needs to be done. Um, and uh, if I could amend this as well to uh, that we um, have a reverse 911 going to the residents, the same residents basically that we sent the reverse 911 to when we had the original, original committee, the whole meeting back in November. Uh, that meeting was well attended. Uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was nice to actually have that many residents uh, there and talking about the traffic and the issues that, that are happening in that neighborhood. And I know we uh, promised them that we would follow up. Um, so if we could have a reverse 911 going out uh, to, um, to those same residents so uh, uh, they know that we're on top of this and if they have any questions, they can ask those same questions. And um, Councilman Marks, if I may, are we going to invite the same people, same department heads as we did last time or is? Are you, are you asking for an on-site meeting or just? No, 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 uh, on the, uh, on the, when we have the updated, when we have the committee of the whole to update that, that'd be great, yes, okay. that's an excellent idea. Okay, so if I, if I could amend it as well to uh, invite the department heads uh, that we invited last time, and uh, if, we could all, if we could have, uh, the chief of police was invited last time, but if he, if he cannot make it, uh, if we can have uh, Sergeant Hartnett, uh, someone from the uh, traffic uh, enforcement division, uh, someone really needs to be there uh, to represent uh, the police department. So um, if I could amend that to uh, have those people invited, that'd be great. Uh, Council Marks, thank you for bringing this forward, and uh, I would second that motion. Council Scarpelli. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Again, thank you, Council Marks, bringing this forward. I think this is very important. I, uh, as, you, as we see, when the community gets involved and the council work together, I think a lot of great things happen. We, and we have seen some changes, but I think that we need to keep rolling and making sure that uh, there are some uh, serious safety issues that uh, follow through and completed in the very near future. If we can, if Council Marx has a mind, if we can amend that, uh, I know I brought it up many a times and uh, I'm seeing it in neighboring communities and we talked about it there at the uh, uh, site visit that looking at the raised bumps um, and striping that area to see if uh, what that cost analysis would be. They haven't, if we can have the city administration get back to us that traffic uh, engineer to see what that would look like and how that would look like going up uh, through that uh, Fulton, um, Fulton area. So I think it's important that that would be, that would really, that could really help the traffic calming measures. I know that we discussed uh, raised crosswalks there, but um, cost is, is an issue and uh, different construction and ADA issues that are questionable, but we can add from what we were told that, that day that putting those, um, the not speed bumps or raised, uh, raised roads per se, that would help uh, mitigate some of that, the speeding issue. So uh, if we can amend that uh, to the paper, I appreciate that. And again, thank you for bringing this forward. Thank you. Uh, any, any further discussion? Uh, Mr. President. Council Biss. Thank you, Mr. President, um, and thank you Councillor Marks bringing this forward and, and keeping keeping us on track and Councillor Falco and Councillor Scarpelli. I will say I live uh, nearby and was able to drive up there and it was the first time I actually felt confident uh, driving at the intersection of Fells Vista and Fulton Springs. So I think the improvements are good, but we need to keep going. Um, I couldn't quite tell if this was included in, in another amendment, um, but I would also like to know if uh, the, to amend the paper to ask 
uh, the police department if they have done increased enforcement in the area and uh, if there's any data or um, you know anecdotal data about uh, what kind of traffic stops they're making in the area. Thank you, Councillor Bayes. Any further discussion? Mr. President. Councillor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, while we have this uh, meeting that I appreciate Councillor Falco calling for, um, also, and I brought this up in the past, 240 Salem Street, uh, the building, uh, apartment building that uh, was put up there, uh, there were several promises made uh, to area residents that live on uh, Everett and uh, Connors Everett and Salem uh, regarding curbing uh, on the street, sidewalk, uh, and so forth. And I think it's important, Mr. President, that these promises, when they met with the neighborhood, when the development met back some year and a half ago and promised X, Y, and Z, that we follow through, Mr. President. So I would ask that 240 Salem Street be added to the conversations when we discuss these other issues as well. Thank you, Council Marks. Any further discussion? On the motion by Council Marks, as amended by Council Marks, as amended by Council Falco, as amended by Council Scarpelli, and again amended by Council Bears, and again amended by Council Marks, seconded by Council Falco. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Council Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President President Carabiello. Yes. Seven affirmative. Motion passes. Two one zero one six offered by Councilor Marks and Councilor Scarpelli. Be it resolved that the most recent sign is posted on Governor's Ave, Lawrence Road, and Forest Street. Be discussed. Councilor Marks. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I want to thank my uh, council colleague, Councilor Scarpelli, uh, for uh, co-offering this uh, resolution. Uh, we both received, and I'm sure members of the council also received, a number of phone calls uh, over the last week and a half uh, with a number of new signs that have been popping up on Lawrence Road, Governor's Ave, and Forest Street. Uh, many residents saw some spray painting on the sidewalks to indicate uh, maybe uh, some utility work or possible signage going up, uh, but they were never notified or didn't know what was going to happen in front of their homes. Um, just recently, Mr. President, uh, the city, in conjunction with Lawrence Morrill Hospital, enter, entered into an agreement based on uh, a traffic study that was done uh, by Lawrence Morrill Hospital and also a traffic study that was done by the City of Method uh, regarding traffic calming initiatives with the new ambulatory care center uh, that's going uh, at the Lawrence Morrill Hospital. Uh, so some additional signage was recommended which I uh, support a thousand percent. Uh, I just want to let that be known. Some of the signs that went up, in, in particular, these radar traffic uh, signs uh, that went up, didn't make any sense, the placement of the signs. The one on uh, uh, Lawrence Road, which was uh, coming around the bend from Forest Street, was about maybe 200 feet uh, into uh, Lawrence Road, uh, right before a speed hump. Uh, it just made zero sense, Mr. President. And after a few phone calls, I know Councilor Scarpelli, and I'm sure other members of the council made some phone calls to the uh, traffic engineer, Todd Blake, and uh, had a discussion with the mayor. Uh, they looked into the four signs that were put up at the recommendation of uh, this traffic study, but 
the Lawrence Boyle hired a vendor that put these signs up. Uh, come to find out all four signs were put in the wrong space, in the wrong area, some not even remotely close to where they should have been placed. Uh, needless to say, uh, right away, uh, I have to say, uh, the city got on top of it and they reached out to Lawrence and Lawrence reached out to their vendor and these signs were moved within a matter of a day or two. And I want to thank them for that, Mr. President. Uh, in addition to the additional signage, uh, residents were concerned about the number of signs, the excessive number of signs uh, on the roads uh, in their particular neighborhood, uh, turning uh, some areas, some stretches, into uh, what would look like Route 1, that many signs. So I went down to um, Lawrence Road, uh, the stretch from Forest Street to Governor's Ave, and uh, I counted a total on both sides, a total of, in that small stretch, it's probably five to 600 feet from Forest to Governor's Ave on, on, on Lawrence Road. Uh, I counted 14 signs. It's, you know, some signs are needed, they're necessary, but there were some signs that were excessive. I think to have two signs notifying uh, residents on each side or drivers on each side of the street that there's a speed hump, I think is excessive. Um, and there's not, there's not one on Winthrop Street for the speed hump, uh, two signs notifying. Um, it just seems excessive, Mr. President. There's some outdated signage that still exists uh, regarding um, a school that we used to have at the top of uh, the Fulton School. Uh, not the Fulton School, um, on, on the top of uh, no. Governor's Forest, Forest Park, Forest Park yeah. at the top of uh, Governor's Ave. There's still signage on Lawrence Road uh, for crossing uh, students. Um, and you can tell these signs are from the 60s and 70s. Um, and uh, there's no crosswalk there anymore. There's just signs. And um, we received a correspondence from the city that uh, DPW just recently removed some of this excessive sign signage that's around, Mr. President. And I ask that they keep on removing some of the assess, uh, excessive signage around the community that's not needed. Sometimes when you have a plethora of signs, you might as well not put up any at all because one after another after another is going to do nothing to reduce speed, to make people aware of what's going to happen, to make crossing safer. It's going to do absolutely nothing, Mr. President. It's just going to be a blur of signage. And I think that's what we're seeing in certain stretches. So again, I want to thank Councilor Scott Pelley. I know he has a lot to say on this too, for putting this on. And I want to thank the city administration uh, and Lawrence Memorial Hospital for their quick action on this. Thank you, Councilor Marks. If I can be proved, Councilor Scarpelli, I'd like to read into a record uh, a letter from uh, the Lawrence Memorial Hospital. Dear President Caraviello, we, uh, we are writing in response to an agenda item that was brought to our attention on January 12th on the Memphis City Council meeting. Item 21016 calls to the attention of four speed feedback signs placed on Governor's Ave, Lawrence Road, near the Lawrence Memorial Hospital campus. As part of the speed reduction efforts developed in coordination with the Metro Traffic Commission, these four signs were inadvertently installed in the wrong location due to a miscommunication with the subcontractor. Upon hearing the signs were installed in the wrong locations, we worked, we worked to rectify the, the situation. The four signs were reinstalled in, in the locations previously approved by the City of Medford on January 11th. We are sending a notice to our email distribution 
notifying them of the error and the correction. We apologize for any convenience this may have caused. The installation of speed feedback signs is part of the traffic mitigation requested within the special permit. We are pleased to, that this work has been co completed in, co in collaboration with the Mepitrack Traffic Commission in response to the community's request. As shared in our end of the year notice, the construction of the new inventory care center is now completed. The hospital's main lobby renovation is still underway and scheduled to be finished next month. And a seasonal landscape and another final parking lot finished will be completed in the spring. Currently, our efforts and resources are focused on the present COVID-19 surge, but we look forward to providing regular updates at future council meetings and continue to engage our community advisory group. Respectfully, Ryan Fuller, Vice President, Strategy and Business Planning, Melrose Way with Healthcare. I just want to read that into the record. Uh, Council Scarpelli. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Thanks for reading that in the record. Uh, again, thank you, Council Marks. Uh, I won't be redundant, but again, these are the phone calls we were getting. I believe there was some feedback to the constituents that uh, this is something that the Council voted for. The Council requested these signs to be put in. That, that was the furthest from the truth. And I think that once we talked to the City Administration, um, once our traffic engineers and um, uh, everybody got involved, I think you saw some drastic changes. I think that the biggest concern is you're taking the look of a very quaint historical neighborhood and really changing it to the point where it looked more urban with all these signs. And I think that was one of the concerns. And, and Council, Council Mox hits it, hits a nail on the head when it, it looked like Route 1 in a sense. Um, the, uh, the, raised, the raised speed bumps or the raised, raised streets, I think that uh, whether people like them or not, I think they're important because especially when you're talking about uh, uh, people that aren't residents but people that are cutting through Medford, uh, increasing their speed in that area, that's going to bring the speed down. But at the same time, what we're seeing in neighboring communities, especially more in the suburban communities that have these, you see the painting on the roadways, not signage on the sidewalks. Um, so, in, and that, that does the job. And I think that Council Mox is right. When there's too many signs, it's redundant and becomes more of a distraction to people. So, um, I think that, uh, you know, as soon as this came forward, we did have a conversation with the mayor. Um, she did direct her uh, staff to make sure that these were corrected and uh, the, the uh, Merrill's Wakefield um, site and the, the Lawrence Morrill uh, representatives worked quickly to make sure those were rectified. But again, as we move forward, we, you know, we continue to monitor uh, the number of signs we're putting on around the community. We know they're important. We know that we need uh, safety mitigation is very important, but at the same time, there's got to be a collaboration with the neighborhood to make sure we don't lose um, its charm at, at the same time. So again, I thank Council Mox for bringing this forward and uh, thank all the parties for moving this in the right direction. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Scott Billy. Any further discussion? Okay, on the motion by Councilor Marx, as amended by Councilor Marx, seconded by Councilor Scott Billy. Mr. President? Councilor Marx. Uh, just if I could before you call the roll, because uh, Councilor Scott Pelly just jogged my, my memory on that. The, uh, the raised speed bump, he's 1,000% correct. It blends in with the street. It's actually hot right. top. Right. And uh, it's such a slight raise and I'm sure it's done uh, according to whatever the engineering specs are. 
but it's very difficult. I know there's signage uh, indicating there's a speed hump, but it's very difficult to know that it's there. And the intent is not to sneak up on people and say, ha-ha, we, we got you on a speed hump. It's to let people know that it's there so they can slow down. And after standing out there for a good 15 to 20 minutes, when I was walking with one of the residents, um, we didn't see many tail lights, you know, brake lights. Everyone was just going right over it like it didn't exist, to be honest with you. And I think it would be helpful, uh, as Councilor Scarpelli mentioned, to maybe have a directional white arrow or something that delineates uh, the edges, like we do uh, up in, on Winthrop Street, that shows that there's uh, a raised hump, uh, speed hump, whatever you want to call it, that exists there. And I think that will go a long way uh, for residents to slow down when they see something, an impediment in the road, rather than just, it looks like a it looks like there's nothing there. Um, and really, um, I've done it myself, actually, going over it. And you don't realize until you're on the top of it and say, geez, I just hit this thing again. Um, and that's not the intent. The intent is to slow down ahead of time, Mr. President. So I would ask uh, if we can make it part of the committee report that, um, that we send this uh, to the uh, Todd Blake and ask them that they paint or put some design on it or something to make it more noticeable. Thank you, Council Marks. So, thank you. On the motion by Council Marks, as amended by Council Marks and seconded by Council Scarpelli. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Carabiello. Yes, seven in the affirmative. Motion passes. 21017, offered by Council Marks, be it resolved that the City Council receive a breakdown of the total amount collected from the water and sewer base fee charged since inception in 2017. Be it further resolved that the breakdown include commercial versus residential fees collected and whether these fees and whether said fees are held separately or combined with the water and sewer surplus monies. Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. And uh, this is really uh, follow-up. Uh, back in 2017, as my resolution alluded to, uh, this Method City Council, at the recommendation of the City Administration at the time and the Water Sewer Commissioners, uh, asked for the Council to vote on a proposed uh, baseline charge for water and sewer services. And the explanation that we received at the time was to assist with stabilizing the water and sewer budget. Uh, you know, one could debate that till the cows come home because, uh, you know, we uh, for many years have looked at a five to six million dollar surplus in the water and sewer enterprise accounts, which would indicate to me that uh, we are overcharging water and sewer ratepayers in order to have a slush fund available. Um, so uh, that the issue of stabilizing the budget, um, you know, could be debated. Uh, however, Mr. President, uh, the base rate at the time uh, which was implemented was uh, based on your meter size and most residential homeowners have uh, the same meter size. It's the size uh, water pipe that's coming into your home um, that indicates the $8.61 base rate that you pay. Commercial uh, would have a larger water pipe coming in and they would pay a higher rate. So the vast majority of residents uh, we're paying the $8.61. The charge was a bi-monthly charge. So if you do the math, the $8.61 times 
uh, $6 would bring you to an annual uh, $51.66 that this base, base rate was charging residents. Um, yeah, I, I still uh, have not yet to receive any answer other than stabilizing a budget, what residents get for this additional tax, I would call it a tax. Um, and uh, I think it's important, Mr. President, that we receive an update. This has been three years now. Uh, indeed, has this been successful in stabilizing the budget? If so, I'd like that explained to me by the city administration, by the finance director, the water and sewer commissioners, uh, and also the questions uh, that were asked, Mr. President, about a breakdown of where the funds go. I believe it's uh, very vital if the funds are commingled with the water and sewer enterprise account money. We should know that. If not, if they're held in a separate account, is that account used uh, to offset uh, projects that are happening in the community, leak detection, INI, um, and uh, a breakdown by commercial versus residential fees that are collected? And um, I, I think that about covers it, Mr. President. Uh, tonight we have a very distinguished uh, Method resident uh, that would like to speak on this, um, a, a former colleague of ours uh, who served on this council with distinction for uh, uh, three decades, over three decades, is here tonight to speak on this, Mr. President. So I had asked that my former colleague, uh, Councilor Penta, uh, be able to speak on this, Mr. President. Thank you, Council Marks. Oh, no, no, I'm good. Thank you, Bob. No, no, I'm good. Thanks. Good evening, former Councilor Pepton. Name and address for the Thank record, you. please. Do you have to leave the mask on, or can I take it off? Uh, if you could leave it on, it would be appreciated. Say it again? If you could leave it on, it would be appreciated. Okay. Thank you, Council Marks. I appreciate it. I don't know if you can hear me, if it makes it any clearer. Um, what Council Marks has alluded to, has brought me into this issue of a, a public accounting as to what takes what took place as it related to this um, connectivity fee. That's what it was called. So it was uh, implemented in August of 2017, and for the last three years, it has brought in an excess of three million dollars to the city of Medford. And having that at three million dollars, and not knowing how and what uh, it's been used for, and if it was going to be an adjunct to the water and sewer system here in the city of Medford, uh, then so be it. We always get in advance uh, from the MWRA their projected assessment as to where the city would be, what the city is going to be charged for water and sewer charges. And that is built in into your annual budget each and every year. And each and every year since then, the projection that uh, this could be possibly used for a deficit has never happened because we're still dealing with the surplus. So I think what Council Marks is alluding to is the fact that, you know, if you've collected $3 million, what have you used it for, number one? what you have projected for its use, what is the cost for it, and more importantly, if it is separate from water and sewer, so be it. As we know that you can't take the money from water and sewer because that's considered to be retained earnings. And the only way you can get through retained earnings is to the Department of Revenue to get a waiver, and 90% of the time they will give it to you. But this is something that, that has led me, after the resolution went on, if you can just bear with me, to other things that unfortunately the council and the public have not been apprised of and, and, and brought forward. This base fee charge at a minimum of 5166 annually, that's on the house side. I don't know what the commercial side would be. But if, in fact, it's bringing in approximately a million dollars a year, so be it. So if you look at your most recent tax bill here in the city of Medford, which is for the third quarter, 
They implemented a new system with a new, a new vendor. And the new vendor has really got this bill basically messed up. It's going to be changed because they made a big mistake on it, especially when it gets to the tax itself and it talks about your CPA tax. But if you think about what's going on, and if you think about the taxes here that are going on here in the city of Medford, what can we do to some degree to help the Medford taxpayer as to what's going on and, and everything that's going on? So what I would like to just introduce to you is something for you to think about. When you look at your water and sewer tax. Excuse me, Councilor Bethard, if you could hold on a second, we get a little glitch here. Uh, We all set? Thank you. I'm sorry. Okay. If you can look at your water and sewer bill, and if you can look at your tax bill, I'd like to introduce something for the council entertain. It's called a deadline discount program. And the deadline and discount program, which is implemented in a lot of states, in a lot of counties, that the month that you get the bill, your tax bill, for example, you get your tax bill in November, and, and I believe it's due uh, February 1st, uh, the next one is February 1st. But if you pay it on the month that you receive it, there's a 4% discount on your bill. The next month, like which would be January, there would be a 3% discount. And the city in itself would be getting its money quicker, and at the same time, the taxpayer would be getting a break as it relates to that. Same thing as it relates to your water and sewer bill. If you get your water and sewer bill, it's usually six or seven weeks out before you pay it, and the month that you get it, or the month before, you get a 4% discount if you pay for it ahead of time. It's a thought, but it does work because it gets the city money quicker before you get it quicker. Pinellas County in Florida, one of many counties, have implemented that and they've shown a marketable increase, a marketable increase. Another thing, Mr. President, when we talk about the city's unfunded liability for which this council, I can go back to 2014, resolution 214-725, it was offered by myself. And that particular resolution asked that on an annual basis, the city of Medford take out of its free cash a minimum of $500,000 toward then the unfunded liability of $29 million. I have no idea what the unfunded liability is. And I don't think this council has any idea of what the balance is and how much each and every year has been taken out of the budget for the purposes of getting to that unfunded liability, which has to be paid by 2029. Another thing, for which the taxpayers and the council should be aware of. Waste management, and I don't know if you guys are aware of it, but in March of 2014, then Mayor McGlynn signed an extension, a three-year extension to the, water, uh, to the waste management contract in the city of Medford. And that three-year extension went as follows. For the first year, the city of Medford would get 300,000 in cash. The second year, they would get $100,000 more. That's $400,000 from 2014 going forward. But the catch to the whole thing was as follows. <laughs> the amendment was, if you remember correctly, for those who did serve back then, recycling was an issue here in the city of Medford. And at that point in time, when the contract was signed, we were at 11%. At some point in time, the city worked itself up to a 29% inventory of recycling. But as a result of the city signing off on a three-year extension, what took place there was that the city of Medford allowed waste management, allowed waste management to increase our cost of recycling on an annual basis projected at $85 per ton. 
and then it would set itself on an annual basis increase according to the city of Boston beginning on July 1st, 2015. That's almost six months, it's almost a good year after the contract was signed. And as a result of that, each and every year, the city of Method has been being charged more for recycling than they had been according to the original agreement. So for $300,000, $400,000 that the city got paid up front, the cost in recycling has gone forward. And once this contract ends in the year 2023, uh, yeah, 2023, all the recycling bins, all the recycling bins that the people have in this city will come under the control of the city of Medford. They'll own it and not waste management. Another thing that I believe, Mr. President, needs to really be discussed is, this, is the CPA. Once again, taxpayers on an annual basis are at a cost of approximately $103, according to your household, and the value of your home. Now, the CPA, as we all know, it, it's be, it, the five years are up. Any time after five years, according to the law, as it's written, that question can go back on the ballot. And I would strongly suggest that this council put that question back on the ballot. Because when it was first elected in 2015, 1,200 people did not vote on the question because it was on the back side of the ballot and they didn't know that, not the, excuse me, that the question was there to be asked. $103, think about that annually for CPA. Then you think about the $51 in the connectivity fee. And you put that together with maybe the discounts on paying for your taxes, it would be a great help to the city of Medford and to the taxpayers. Also, Mr. President, cable costs. Our cable bills in, from the residents of this community keep going up each and every year. They just went up again. But they also have a 5% franchise fee in that cable bill. You folks have not got an update on what that increase has brought to the city of Medford and where that money has gone, at least for the last four or five years. And I know that's something that Council Marks had brought up before. Then we get to the parking issues, Mr. President. Mr. President. Council Morrow. Um, just point of information, I'm just, I, I, I thought we were addressing an agenda item on, on um, water and sewer fees, so I'm a little lost right now. You, this this presented itself, Mr. President, and to other issues which could be beneficial to the taxpayers, and it would be a public accounting so people could become aware of it. Councilor Penta? Yes. If you could just stick to the, the water and sewer, if you'd like to speak later on public participation. Um, of these other issues, you're more than happy to do that. Well, we're almost done. Do you mind if I can just figure it out? Because okay. it's unfortunate. You know something? You're supposed to seize the moment as the moment is. And we're talking about the people of our community, what they have to pay. Also, at the same time, if we can offer them a benefit, and at the same time, the city gets a benefit. It's a matter of being creative and looking at what you have. Parking information. You, Mr. President, you have asked on numerous occasions, numerous occasions for a report on how many tickets have been issued, how many have been abated, how much money has been collected, and how much has been given to the city of Medford. <coughs> Excuse me, none of you can do that because it's never been presented. And what about the $50,000 that was supposed to go to each and every square here in the city of Medford? It's not there. The accounting for the squares hasn't come under any control as to what we're doing. And lastly, Mr. President, if we all remember at the inaugural, we were told that seniors in this city would not have to pay any more to park on the city of Medford. That still hasn't come to fruition. That's unfair because you can't make a promise like that and, and, and not keep it because that's what people look at, what your responsibilities are. I say this tonight, Mr. President, as I told you before, taxes pay for what makes this city run. And at the same time, the city has a responsibility back. But if it can be a two-hand, shaking hands compromise, why not? 
discounts to your water and solar bill, discount to your, uh, <coughs> your cable bills, finding out where that money went. And let's get back to the original thing. The connectivity fee that was supposed to be helpful here to the city of Medford, you've never had a report where it's going, how much it's brought in, what projects, if anything, and how much it's going to cost. And why should that be considered an adjunct to the Water and Sewer Commission money when, in fact, if you can't project your budget in the future like you're supposed to and you get your Water and Sewer estimate ahead of time from the MWRA, we should not be thinking about a deficit when, again, you're just taking more money from the taxpayer without giving them the reason why you took it. Be more than happy to answer any questions, but I would hope that one of you, someone, even get into the idea of showing and having some kind of a discount in advance for people who pay their taxes and for people who pay their water and sewer bills. It's out there, it's been a proven fact, and it does work. And it'd be a great handshake between taxpayers and the city. Thank you, Councilor Penta. Any more than discussion? happy to answer any questions. I'm all set, thank you. Okay, on the motion Mr. by- Mr. President. Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I want to thank uh, my colleague, Councilor Penta, for his presentation tonight. Um, you know, uh, the resolution was regarding the base uh, fee charge, uh, but I think Councilor Penta brings up some very interesting points, Mr. President, regarding these additional charges. And it's not just one item, it's a number of items that exist within our community. And at some point, I think as a council, uh, when we're talking about people uh, not being able to afford their rent uh, or their mortgage, and people living from paycheck to paycheck and, uh, you know, a pandemic, I, I think we have to look at uh, everything that may be available to help relieve uh, the taxpayers of this community. And uh, he brings up some very valid points. Uh, since I've been on the council, I've offered at least three resolutions uh, to do away with the acts of 1982. I don't know if my colleagues uh, haven't done it in a number of years now because it kind of fell on deaf ears for a period of time. But the acts of 1982, the city council voted by home rule petition to allow the city to get up to 5% of a franchise fee on the cable bills. That's the highest you can get. And I'm not opposed to using franchise fees to run the operation of community access, uh, the educational channel, the government channel. However, out of the 5%, only 2% of the money goes to operate those three channels. 3% because of this act of 1982 goes back into the city coffers and it's nothing more than another hidden tax in this community, Mr. President. And that 3% is about $360,000 a year that goes back into the city coffers. Some would say, that's great, the money's going back into the city coffers. Other would say, you know what, that's not what this money was intended. The purpose was to run local access, local cable, uh, community access, governmental channel, and not to uh, fund the city budget, Mr. President. So uh, Council Penta brings up, uh, that's just one issue, a number of issues that I think we as a council need to take a look at and address in these tough times and they're not going to get better uh, uh, quickly. And uh, any way we can save the ratepayers uh, some additional funds, I think we need to look at it, Mr. President. Thank you. On the motion by Council Marks, seconded by Councilor Falco. Mr. Clerk, Mr. please call the roll. Mr. Mr. President, before you call the roll, one quick thing as a notation on the tax bills that come out, you'll notice it says police, fire, and library. It says 10, 25, 30, whatever it might be. 
Whoever checks that, when those bills come out every quarter, I, I would think it would be informative to have next to each one of those items how much money has been donated so far, because that would be give either an incentive or not for somebody to make a contribution. Thank you. One of the councillors wants to make that amendment. I, I move to make that amendment, uh, Mr. President. Okay. Uh, uh, Councillor Scarpelli, would you like to make amendment? No. Uh, on the motion by Councillor Marks, as amended by Councillor Scarpelli, seconded by Councillor Falco. Mr. President. Councillor Bears. Could that be a B paper, uh, since it's a different topic than the water and sewer? If you'd like it to be a B paper, that's fine. Thank you. That um, we, uh, on your tax bill, you get the little checkbox there for like library and whatever. You can donate money to or for certain things there. That'd be, we get uh, some type of update of where we are with money that's come in uh, on that. No, on the, on the bill itself. On the bill. Okay, under yeah. each item it'll tell you, it, they can yeah. put in parentheses, that would designate yeah. how much money. That's okay, that's, that's an update. Yeah, that's a B update. paper. So on the B paper, offered by Councilor Scarpelli, seconded by, by Councilor Falco. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Oh, sorry, Councilor Falco. If, if you guys could turn on your microphones, please. They're on. Good. Sorry. Okay, so if you can, I think that Council Falco brings up a good point. I think it's from the inception to present. Right. Just to get an update to where we were. I think it's important to see the tax base should see where that, that money's going from, from the beginning all the way to the present time. So That's thank good. you. Thank you. Now, on the motion by Council Scarpe, seconded by Council Falco. Yes. Mr. Coy, please call the roll. This is on the B paper. On the B paper. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes. Seventh affirmative B paper passes. On the original motion, offered by Councilor Marks. Second. Seconded by Councilor Knight. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes. Seven in the affirmative. Motion passes. Communications from the mayor. I'm sorry, Councilor Bender, we've, we've disposed of it. Thank you. If you can come back after, I appreciate it. You can come back during uh, public participation. Thank you. Communications from the Mayor, 21018, January 8, 2021, to the Honorable President, members of the City Council, City Hall, Miffin, Mass, RE, Personnel Ordinance. Dear Mr. President and Councilors, I respectfully request and recommend that your Honorable Body approve the following amendments to the revised ordinance entitled Personnel Article 2, Classification and Compensation Plan, Section 66-33, entitled Officers, Employees, Non-Union, by adding new positions of Director of Economic Development and Director of Diversity and Human Resources to the following classification. Amendment A, classic classifications CAF 15 presently state that this applies as the following. CAF 15, sealer of weights and measures, recreation director and director of communications. 
The language of CAF 15 shall be amended to read as the following. CAF 15, sealer of weights and measures, recreation director, director of communications, and director of economic developments. Amendment B, classification CAF 19 presently states that it applies as follows. CAF 19, city clerk, treasurer collector, director of the budget, CPO, director of Public Health and Elder Services, Chief Assessor. The language of CAF 19 shall be amended to read as follows. CAF 19, City Clerk, Treasurer, Treasurer Collector, Director of Budget, CPO, Director of Public Health and Elder Services, Chief Assessor, Director of Diversity and Human Resources, res respectively submitted Brianna Lungo, current mayor. Uh, we have Dave Rodriguez from the administration. Dave, would you like to uh, speak on this? Mr. Rodriguez, would you like to speak on this? Thank you, Mr. President. I was just, uh, I was just unmuted a moment ago. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. President, for, bring, for bringing this up. Uh, these are a few uh, changes, technical changes to the personnel ordinance uh, to reflect uh, the budgeted positions that, that were created in the past fiscal year. Uh, there were uh, the 50 with respect to the director of economic development it was just a brilliant oversight that was actually flagged by you mr president that we wanted to get on the agenda as quickly as possible and the other is uh to reflect the, the revised duties and the consolidated mission of the office of diversity and the office of human resources so happy to answer any questions that you might have uh, but this was uh this was already drafted with uh, the city solicitor uh when ready we're ready to proceed uh, at the council's pleasure thank you do we have any questions for the chief of staff Councilor Knight, motion. Um, uh, Mr. President, I'm hoping that um, I'd like to, actually, I'm not hoping to like to make a motion. I am making a motion now that we have a committee of the whole on this, um, on both positions. Um, I do have a couple of questions and concerns. Uh, I do believe back in January or February of last year, uh, this council asked for a legal opinion from the city solicitor um, relative to whether or not it would pose a conflict of interest that our diversity director was also acting as our human resources coordinator. Um, so I'd like to just take the opportunity to go through those pay, those uh, responses and files, Mr. President, before uh, we take affirmative action on this uh, paper that's before us. So I'd ask uh, that the paper be scheduled for a committee of the whole. Thank you, Councilor Knight. Do we have any, any further discussion? Councilor Scarpelli. I would second that motion. I think that understanding the uh, there's a salary increase or any other uh, input that goes to these positions, I think that be discussed in committee of the whole. Um, as we move forward to a very difficult uh, budget process. So it'll be interesting to ask some questions and possibly, um, you know, personal matters and look at uh, executive session to make sure we don't violate any open meeting laws or any personal information. Thank you. Thank you. On the motion by Councilor Knight to refer this to a committee of the whole is seconded by Councilor Scarpelli. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. No. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. No. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes. Five in the affirmative, two in the negative. Motion passes. And we'll refer this to uh, Committee of Whole as soon as possible. 
21019, January 2020, to the Honorable President and members of the Method City Council, City Hall, Method Mass, RE Community Preservation Committee, dear Mr. President and Councilors, pursuant to Section 2 562, Subtitle 2 of the Revised Ordinance of the City of Method, I hereby appoint Mr. Stephen Pacini of 2 Walcott Street to the Community uh, Preservation Committee, subject to the, the confirmation of the Method City Council. Thank you for your attention to this matter. Res respectively submitted, Brianna Lungo, current mayor. <coughs> uh, Chief of Staff Rodriguez. Mr. President. Any comments uh, to the Chief of Staff on Mr. Pacini's uh, Mr. appointment to the Community Chief. Preservation Committee? I do believe it's a reappointment, correct, Mr. President? Uh, no, no, I think he is a new Chief of Staff. He's new, correct? It's a new appointment, correct. It's a new appointment. Mr. Pacini uh, showed some interest uh, through the uh, interest form that we have on the website. It was uh, spoken to by both the mayor and uh, Roberta Cameron, and we felt comfortable advancing his, his uh, appointment to the council for their uh, approval per the ordinance. Thank you. And I, I'll say I, I know Mr. Pacini personally. Uh, he's, a, he's a man of uh, integrity, and uh, I think he'd, he'll be a good choice uh, on the committee. Uh, Mr. President. Councilor Scarpelli. Uh, I, too, am a lifelong friend of and neighbor of Mr. Pacini. I think he'll be a great addition to the, uh, the team. Uh, but I, I think that um, for my fellow colleagues and people that don't know who he is, I think some information, um, uh, a resume or something that where we can all share in his Mr. Pacini is actually on the call. Oh, the is, is he there? Perfect. Uh, hold on, let's try this. Him, uh, this is how we do it every every appointment. Okay, hold on, Mr. Pacini, where are you here? Hold on, let's find you here. Uh, I don't. Let me see. Where is he? Evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, good evening, Mr. Pacini. Name and address of the record, please. Uh, Steve Pacini, Two Walcott Street, Medford, Mass. Uh, congratulations on your uh, uh, pending appointment. Um, if you'd like to give us a little uh, brief background, uh, would it be appreciated? And, uh, and if you take any questions from the counselors, would be appreciated. Uh, certainly. Uh, quick, quick overview of myself. 20 years of project management experience in the private and public sectors. Uh, I currently have a focus working on state projects for a small technology bar out of Lexington, Mass. I deal mostly in security and wireless and um, a lot of helping companies currently push their workforces remote via Microsoft Teams. I have got volunteer experience working with the city of Medford as a with Medford Youth Soccer. I've moved on from that in the last year and am looking to move my volunteer time into another organization, somebody else who could use me for a year or two. Thank you, Mr. Bassini. Councilor Falco. Thank you, President Caviello. Uh, I, I have known Steve Pacini most of my life, uh, especially growing up with him uh, close to 45 years ago. Um, and uh, yeah, I know he's been active in the community through Method Community uh, Soccer. So I, I, uh, I know he's going to be a really uh, positive impact to the CPC committee, and uh, I'd move approval. Thank you. Again, Scott, uh, Scott again Mr. Uh, President, uh, I think that was the only piece having Mr. Pacini here and or a uh a resume that my fellow colleagues who look look through he's uh he's a valuable member of our community uh, 
and you can see that he's someone that has donated his expertise and his time to his kids and the uh, people of Medford and I think that his input and his involvement would be a great asset to uh, the Commission so thank you thank you any I further any that. other for, any other questions uh, mr. president council Biss. thank you mr. president um, through the president uh, mr. Pacini just wondering uh, what got you interested in the Community Preservation Committee um, and what would you look forward to doing as, as part of the committee? Ironically, the thing that drew my attention most to it was being a soccer coach in Medford and traveling around to different communities and seeing the amazing resources that other communities have that I'd like to see some thought and input put into Medford. Um, being a soccer coach, going to see um, places Going to the facilities that you see in Everett and Waltham and Belmont and uh, Chelmsford, I, I came back with some, some thoughts and some energy and I kind of look around at our biggest facility here for Medford Youth Soccer prior to my son turning 14 was Playstead Park and some of the things we could do there that aren't being done today. Other communities, um, you know, when you go to these events, now my daughter is playing travel basketball so I, I've seen even more diversity in how communities represent these open spaces. So that's really returned my thought to this. It wasn't just sports in particular, but it's how other communities use their open and green spaces. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. I think, you know, that's one of the major charges of the CPC. So um, glad to have someone on board who is, is thinking about how we can make our great open spaces even better for our residents. So thanks. Thanks for answering my question. Thank you, Councilor Bez. On the motion by Councillor Falco, seconded by Councillor Scarpelli, to confirm Mr. Passini. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councillor Bears. Yes. Councillor Falco. <coughs> yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councillor Marks. Yes. Councillor Morell. Yes. Councillor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes. Seven in the affirmative. Motion passes. Congratulations, Steve. Glad to have you on board. Thank you, everyone. Look forward to helping everybody out. Thank you. However I can. Good luck. Congratulations. Reports of committees. 20300 and 20302, January 5th, Subcommittee on Elderly and Housing Affairs. Uh, this, the, chairman, the subcommittee chairman is Councilor Bears. Councilor Bears, would you like to give a report? Yes, thank you, Mr. President. Um, thank you to my colleagues, Councilor Carviello, Councilor Marks, for meeting uh, last week in Subcommittee on Elderly and Housing Affairs. We were discussing papers 20-300 and 20-302. Uh, the first paper uh, looks at some housing stability options that we can take as a city. Um, the housing stability task force being one of the main ones discussed. Um, and 20-302 is an, a motion I filed to request that the mayor implement an eviction moratorium in the community. Um, we had a robust discussion uh, between the councilors and also members of the administration and members of the public. Um, we kind of set up some follow-up steps. Um, Solicitor Scanlon was not able to be with us uh, that evening, so I am reaching out to her uh, to see the progress on a draft ordinance around a housing stability task force. Um, the mayor and the Office of Community Development uh, said that they would uh, send some data regarding housing stability calls to the subcommittee, and we agreed that we would meet again uh, two weeks from January 5th, so sometime next week. Uh, to discuss uh, 
all of those updates as well as uh, updates from the mayor's office on the eviction moratorium in further detail. Um, and just today we received subcommittee appointments. Uh, president Caraviello now being the president uh, is being replaced by uh, Councillor Falco. So I'm going to be reaching out to uh, that new subcommittee to schedule a meeting next week to follow up on those topics that we discussed. Thank you, Councillor Biz. On the motion by Councillor Biz, second, second. seconded by Councillor Knight. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councillor Bears. Yes. Councillor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councillor Marks. Yes. Councillor Morell. Yes. Councillor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes. Seven is affirmative. Motion passes. Public participation. Do we have any public participation? Good evening. Name and address of the record, please. Summit Road. Uh, Mr. President, I want to go back to something that I had said earlier. I uh, would like to, uh, the council to entertain what they call a deadline and discount program. This would relate itself to your water bills and also to your taxes. And as I said before, it is uh, well practiced in some states and, and some cities and towns where on the month that you receive, for example, your tax bill, if you pay it that month, you get a 4% discount. If you pay it the next month before the bill is due, you get a 3% discount or you wait till the very last day and pay it like a lot of people do. Same thing with the water bills. The water bills doesn't have as much of a leeway time between the tax bills when they come in, but in the month that you receive the bill, it's usually halfway through the month. If you pay it that month, it's a 4% discount. I think it works well because it's a handshake between the cities and the taxpayers. And if the taxpayer is looking for a little bit of a break, there it is right there. If you pay your bill ahead of time, you get a discount, and at the same time, the city gets its money to use at a quicker rate for whatever purpose it has. I think it works, I think it makes sense, and there's no loss to either side. It's, I think it's a benefit to either side. And at the same time, what you're doing is you're telling the taxpayers, you're basically thinking out for them the best way you can, and you're thinking out for the city the best way you can, because you're giving us the money quicker than we would have gotten if we had to wait almost eight, eight weeks for you to pay your tax bill. So I, I would hope someone on the council would entertain it, present it before a committee of the whole for the purposes of discussing it, and moving forward with it, it's, uh, it works. It, it works in other cities, it works in other states, and other cities and towns. And as I told you in, in the, uh, earlier, it's, it's, just, uh, it's just a way of saying to the taxpayers, you know, we're hearing what you're saying, everybody's got these problems today, you know, we wanna help you out. And the second thing on the citizen participation, I just don't understand why tax seniors have to pay that once a year $25 tax to park in the city, when we were told in January inauguration that the seniors would be able to park for nothing in the city of Medford. That still hasn't happened yet, I don't know why. It's a promise that should have been kept, that needs to be kept, and it's just, once again, it's, it, I, I don't know. I don't know how the city's operating lately, but all I can tell you is this. You've gotta look for in, in creative ways to keep the people's interest and at the same time to keep your own interest. And what I presented here tonight, I think, is a pretty good handshake with the taxpayers and with the city of Midford as well, Mr. President. Be more than happy. You know, it's, 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 you know when we talk about money here in the city of Midford, you, you talk about how the city is going to function. And the city can only function when the taxpayers are willing to pay. And sometimes people become delinquent in paying, and if they become delinquent, they can't pay it because they don't have it. And if those people that do have it want to you know, relinquish some of their money quicker and get a discount for doing it, it helps the city because they get the money quicker. And the last thing I want to say, Mr. President, I think it really needs to entertain itself. 
that the CPA, which is now five years has come and gone, should be looked at about presenting itself on the ballot this November coming in 2021 for the purposes of whether you're gonna use it again and re-up it and what have you, because that's what the law says. I'm not advocating for it or against it. What I'm advocating is that the five years are up, the sunset legislation is now in effect, and, and if you don't do nothing, it's just gonna stay there. 1,200 people in 2015 did not vote on that question because it was on the opposite side of the ballot. They weren't aware it was there. So we really have no idea whether it would have passed or it didn't pass. This time, I, I think it would be incumbent if the question goes on the ballot, it's there, and the taxpayers make their decision. That's what it's about, the taxpayers' use of their money. Be more than happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Councilor Penta. Thank you. Okay, Mr. President. Councilor Box. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, I am uh, curious uh, about the deadline discount program that uh, Councilor Penta mentioned. Um, I would not be opposed to uh, putting it on the agenda for next week, um, where we can't vote on anything tonight, uh, where this was just presented, um, and asking uh, next week that the finance director uh, do some due diligence and let us know how uh, this program would work, if indeed it would work in this community, um, and if we'd be able to provide the same services if uh, a certain number of people took advantage of this discount program, and uh, I think any information regarding it would be helpful, Mr. President. Thank you, Council. I, I, know, I know in the past, um, many years ago, we looked at tax amnesty. We looked at a number of ways, creative ways, of generating additional revenue uh, and uh, this may be a creative way if it works for our community. If it doesn't work, then we don't entertain it, but it's worth looking into. Thank you. Okay, if Mr. You, President. Council Marks, if you put that on the agenda, I will make sure that uh, I, I, I would this. ask that where it's brought up by a resident that it appear on next week's agenda. If you, you're going to present it? I, I will be the sponsor. Okay. I, I would ask That's that we fine. put on the agenda. Councilor Bears. Um, just if we could, could we also invite the city solicitor? Um, I know. Um, former Councillor Penta mentioned some programs, but they were out of state programs. So I just want to make sure that, you know, we even have the legal authority to do something like this in Massachusetts compared to, you know, Florida or, or other states. Thank you. So we will invite the city solicitor and the uh, and, uh, Alicia Nunley uh, to uh, give some input uh, on, on Councillor Marks's uh, motion next week. Mr. President. Thank you. If, if you could, yes, that, that it be discussed, a very general resolution, that it be discussed. Mr. President, relative to Council Bears's comment, it uh, doesn't make any difference whether it's in state or out of state. It's how a city sets its tax rate and how it makes its collections. It's all I'm making reference to the fact that it works in other states. It's out there. I believe there's a few st uh, cities and towns in Massachusetts. It's not my call. It's only an offering to be made. And if it works, as Council Marx has alluded to, how, how can it not work if you're getting your money quicker and you're having a discount paying it ahead of time? Thank That's you. all I'm saying. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Records. Excuse me, Mr. Clerk, do you have any papers in your... I do not. Okay, we have no... The clerk has no papers. Records. The table of records of December 22, 2020 were passed to Councilor Marks. Councilor Marks, how did you find those records? Mr. President, I review the records, find them to be in order and move approval. Okay, on the motion by Council Marks, seconded by Council Scarpelli. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Council Bears. Uh, yes. 
Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes, seven affirmative motion passes. The records of the meeting of January 5th, 2021 were passed to Councilor Morell. Councilor Morell, how did you find those records? I found them to be in order and move approval. On the motion of Councilor Morell, seconded by Councilor Scarpelli. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes, seven in the affirmative. Motion passes. Motion to adjourn. Mr. President, Councilor Marks, before, before we you call the motion, I, I just received notice of uh, a condolence, if you would indulge me. Okay. Uh, this, the passing. Uh, Faye Gertrude Snow, Mr. President. Um, Faye uh, was a longtime Method resident. She was the first lady of Method uh, back some many years ago. She was married to the Honorable James Kirka, who served uh, as Method's mayor. Um, and uh, they raised their family in Method. And um, from what they tell me, uh, Faye was a very charitable-natured uh, woman and very compassionate and uh, very involved in the community for a number of years, Mr. President. And we just lost uh, Faye Gertrude Snow and I would like to have this meeting uh, in, uh, named in her name, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor Marks. And a second by Councilor. We could please rise for a moment of silence. Thank you. Well, if we could, uh, on the motion by Councilor Marks, seconded by Councilor Knight. Mr. Quick, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Council Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Carriello. Yes. Seven in the affirmative. Motion passes. Um, I can remind everybody that uh, on Monday is uh, Martin Luther King's birthday celebration, so uh, please. Uh, uh, Check our website uh, to see what uh, type of celebration we will, will be doing uh, virtually. But thank you. Councilor Knight. Uh, also, Tuesday evening, Mr. President, I do believe is the traffic commission meeting relative to South and Main. I'm sorry? Relative to South and Main Street. So again, uh, check the city website for uh, more information on how to log on via Zoom uh, for the traffic committee uh, commission meeting uh, relative to South yes. Street and Main Street. Thank you, Councilor Knight. Uh, motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. Motion by Councilor Scott Perry to adjourn. Seconded by Councilor Marx. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. To adjourn. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes. Seven in the affirmative. Motion passes. Meeting adjourned. <laughs>